Welcome to episode number 54 of the Four Animals for Earth podcast, Plant-Based Cooking with Kids with Azizi Berkland. When you want your child to eat something that you think they should have, but they're saying no. But if we use a preference, then we start to say, well, why are they preferring this over that? Mm-hmm. And is there some space in between that I can now give them the flavors, because mostly it's flavor or texture, that they're, that they're preferring with ingredients that I like. And it might take some tries. Don't give up because we cannot give up. It's their health. That was Azizi joining me from Bali, Indonesia to talk about Tiny Green Chef, which is a plant-based cooking class that she created with her kids. I met Azizi back in June at the Plant Powered Summit that was put on by lovethegreenlife.org. If you guys don't know about them yet, go check them out. Uh, They actually were on the podcast in episode number 35, so you can go listen to a little bit about them and their cool organization. Anyway, they put on a summit this summer that I presented at and Azizi was another presenter at the summit and I was listening to her talk and I just was hanging on every word because she was talking about how to influence our children to be more healthy and you all know that that's something I really struggle with with my little Bauer. He does not like uh, the plant-based cooking that I make and he is also a very active athlete and so I worry very much about his nutrition. And so I was so excited to hear what Azizi had to say. And I went and I purchased her course. And then I really fell in love with everything she has to say. So I asked her to come on the podcast and she came. And it's just, I I love today's conversation. Uh, Her course is definitely about teaching kids how to cook. She even covers safety and science and a lot of um, cool things to make it almost like a science experiment in the kitchen. But the course is is far more than that because it's honestly about a lifestyle and a philosophy about living life in a way that is deeply connected to family and knowing who we are as an individual and embracing our personal preferences from even a young age. She highlights things such as using the word preference when we talk about our kids instead of picky or... um, stocking our house filled with a bunch of healthy food and then allowing our children to choose the substitutes. So I am about a sixth of the way through the course with Mia and Bauer, and uh, we are just loving it. And they're begging to do it all the time. So we are just working it in to find, find the time to do it because it is such a great course. So I hope you all will check it out. The simple idea for today is to eat more plants. So maybe try as a snack. So as a snack today, instead of grabbing Having maybe um, the granola bar or the trail mix or you know whatever we grab, we could try to grab an apple or an orange or uh, broccoli or peas, something like that. So that's the simple idea for today. You'll find all of today's show notes at fouranimalsforth.com slash podcast slash 54. Quickly before we dive in, I wanted to talk to you about podcasting because this is something that I don't really um, bring up much on the show, but a few of you have reached out to me and told me that you're thinking about starting podcasts. And I wanted to tell you about something pretty exciting because Melissa Goler, who runs Wit and Wire, which is a mastermind that I'm a part of and absolutely love, is doing a free webinar next week called How to Launch a Podcast in 2021 and Get Your First 1,000 Downloads. So if you are at 
all thinking about starting a podcast, I urge you to listen to this webinar and maybe come join me in in the Wit & Wire group. So there's a link to go do that in the show notes. if you have any questions, always email me at hello at four animals for earth or DM me on Instagram. And I am more than happy to talk to you about podcasting or anything, anything life in general. So, all right. Uh, those show notes again are at four animals for slash podcast slash 54. Hi there, this is Brandy, and you're listening to the Four Animals for Earth podcast. This is a space where we inspire each other to take small steps every day to live a more conscious life, helping animals and the planet while we do it. I'm so glad that you're here. Let's all take a deep breath and let's get started. I want to start a little bit more with your story. So I know that you are, you're a personal chef. You're also a health and fitness guru and you're a mom. And I wondered how all of those things came together into Tiny Green Chef and into the work that you do in the world today. Uh, Thank you. Um, And thanks for reaching out. I love being able to share this story as much as I can because I think it's really important in so many ways, uh, what we eat and what we put in our bodies. Um, So that is how it really got started. We have a, I would say a holistic lifestyle. We try to incorporate as much as we can to create a full holistic life. And so food is one aspect of that holistic lifestyle that we have. And actually it was my daughter, we were in Guatemala at the time and she wanted to just do one, <laughs> one class together to film it, send it out to her friends, kind of as an update is what we're doing. And she thought, why don't we, can we do a mommy and me cooking lesson and maybe put it on Udemy or something like that? So, oh, that's a great idea. And then as I started writing, I said, okay, let, I'll write out a couple of things and see what you think about, you know, what we should do because we homeschool. So this wasn't out of the ordinary us to put our own things together. And as I started writing it, I thought, oh, wait a minute, Kaya, I think we have a full program, actually. I can't figure out how to do this in one lesson without feeling like I'm leaving a lot off the table. You mind if I take this idea and make a complete (laughs) program out of it? (laughs) So uh, we'll get to do that one class in about 19 or 25 more (laughs) And so that's how it got started. Health is, I was always, wherever I was, even before we went fully plant-based, I was always that go-to person in whatever community I was in, hosting classes. I would do grow food and do garden tours, show people how to uh, do sort of their mini farm to table, show them how to make their own herbs. Um, So what we eat and why has always been really important to me. So my children grew up in that lifestyle. And so it was pretty, it was actually really reassuring that I was in the right direction when my daughter came to me and asked to do the class. And I was also thinking, well, why didn't you think of that? <laughs> but, um, <laughs> so it was great. So that's how it was born. And then, of course, this is a part of our life. So it really just came, it just kind of flowed out naturally. I, I wrote most of it, but then I checked with my daughters to make sure, are these, is this the right stuff to put in here? 
And then they would say, well, why don't we make this? Well, why don't we make that? So it was a team effort because obviously I wanted them to enjoy it. They're going to be cooking throughout the entire course. They're literally in every lesson. And towards the end, I'm not even in the on camera because it's designed for parents to see how each module builds and uh, build more confidence and ability in their children. So by the end, depending on the age, of course, they can be in the kitchen uh, doing most of it on their own. And so that's what you see towards the end, um, where they're at least doing all of the desserts in the last module. So stick with it. In the fourth <laughs> module, there are desserts with every lesson. Yeah. <laughs> okay, yeah, that's really good to know. The desserts like, are what can pull you through, right? <laughs> yes, like, that's always... right. In the end, there's a prize. Desserts <laughs> with every meal. They're all raw, except for the last one. So they're all, of course, still keeping in line with um, our healthy philosophy. So, yeah. That, that is so awesome. I cannot believe that she came to you about it. I mean, how cool is that? And obviously a testament to how much that's a part of your lifestyle. So how did you get into, you know, growing your own food and then using all your own food? Have you been a chef for a long time and that just came naturally or did you learn to grow your own food first and then how to put it together? Like, where did that uh, come from? So I have had a love for food and cooking and feeding people. Honestly, since I was about 10 years old is when I noticed it and I'm 44 now. So I have had a lot of experience in the mm -hmm. kitchen. By the time I was 12, I was pretty much making most of the meals. My mother was a single parent. So she would come home to dinner at five. But for me, it was a joy and not a chore. Uh, and so I have been cooking for a really long time and putting food together. And then as I, and I was also interested in health because I saw people in my family unhealthy. So I started to understand, I realized food had something to do with it. So I went through all of sort of the FDA stuff in the beginning before you have to start somewhere. Uh, and then a lot of it became self-taught. I went to college for something completely different. And then I came out and I was uh, decided uh, actually, I still have a love for health and fitness. So I did a degree about a nine month uh, program for fitness and nutrition, and uh, which was in an actual place. I was living in New York City and that was in my 20s. So in terms of a lot, it just kept happening gradually. I started off with fitness and nutritional consulting, but I could never leave the food out. So any chance I could cook for a client, I was going <laughs> to do it, even if I would, you know, just kind of push that in there so that I could do it because I love feeding people. Okay. Um, and I love showing people how you can easily have really great food that actually is good for your body. And as the more I learned, the more I incorporated it. So I am very much self-taught. And then I may take a program here and there to top up or refresh my skills or see where I'm at. Like when I took a raw food chef um, program here, came a raw food, added raw food chef mm -hmm. to my uh, I suppose, repertoire. And I knew I was there helping the teachers. They're like, why are you here? <laughs> I, I just want to check in and see where I'm at. And I'm sure I'll find you know, something. So we became friends and um, doing some things with them here in Bali uh, because it's just a part of my life. So every time I learn something, I incorporate it into my life. And my family is the, the, the guinea pigs of how we try all these concepts out. And when they're working, we keep them. When they're too much or we don't see the value, we drop them. Uh, and that's just really 
how we live our life. So, so yeah, that's how it all came together. So being able to do Tiny Green Chef, where I could do the cooking, but I still want to sneak in that health aspect so that they understand the nutrition, but at an age appropriate or hopefully in a way that's inviting for them to lean in to see the food as more than just flavors on their plate. That's really mm. important. Mm. Yeah, you know, I think um, you can feel that through the whole program that you have and how that, to me, that's a little bit of what's a differentiator, you know, because it's not just about healthy recipes. It's not just about learning about nutrition, but it's about bringing the kids along the way with you. And I think that that is... um, you know, it, it's to me, it's like a miracle because I have a little guy that a lot of people who follow for animals for earth know my son Bauer and he's, he's not that little anymore. He's six, but he is so incredibly picky and it's very, very difficult to get him to eat the meals that I cook. And he's, um, also extremely athletic and active and constantly running. And so I have like a deep fear of just his nutrition and his health because he's burning so many calories, but he'll just easily not take them in. And so I think just the idea of a program that can really bring the kids along with it is amazing. And, you know, as I said, I love your program. So, um, But something you mentioned also just about doing these things with your kids and with the family is something I wanted to touch on because I know that you're really big on family being the answer for how we can move forward in a healthy way in our lives and with the earth and with animals, with the planet, with other people around us. I know that for you, it all starts within the family unit and it all starts at home. And I wondered if you could speak to that a little bit about how your lifestyle um, has helped you to, I guess, grow in your conviction that that's where the answers lie. Yeah, um, that is actually pretty fundamental. And and why the family for me and all around the world at one point point was our core, everything. And it still is, really. We, We all come from family. And we all go back to the family, most of us, at the end of the day. If you are working or if your children are going to school, you come back to that unit. Yet, because of so much of the disconnectedness, because people have to go so far away from their core, that's a disconnectedness with their with their birthright, with themselves, really. When that core is not um, solid or when it's not being constantly refueled, then that's an extension of you. So if the mother is going here and the father is going here, the child's going there, when they come back, it's every time it's like, you're having to start from the beginning again because there just isn't enough time to nurture those relationships and really think about what you are as a family. And that, I see, causes a lot of us later in our lives to figure, who am I? And not knowing where to go to because of that disconnectedness in the family, it's hard to, you can't really go back 20 years later and try and reintroduce that relationship because the space in between, there's no way to get in. So we have a lot of disconnected families because that's how they started. 
in this day and age. And it's plenty of reasons. This is not a, a blame or a judgment. It just is what it is. And in order for it to change, we have to rethink what family is. Because when we have that strength of that core together, wherever your child goes or your or whoever is in the family, and when they understand themselves as a part of the whole, they will bring that with them. But if they start off disconnected and they don't realize that they're a part of a core, our planet, right? Then they're going to, of course, have very disconnected um, decisions. And because they don't know how to put them together, they don't even recognize they're a part of a whole. And how does that start? It starts in the family with recognizing that you're not just the person sleeping in a bed and eating at the table with some people that you're connected to by blood. You are connected to these people. They gave you life. Something gave them life. And it's a continuum. And you are a part of this larger continuum, which is the planet. But if you don't understand that in the, in the most fundamental way, which is in your family, it's going to be very difficult for you to see yourself as a part of a whole outside because you're also interacting with many people who are coming from disconnectedness in their, um, in their family core. So it's just a, um, a consequence of a society that is so um, living so externalized in many ways. And the, the, the biggest one is the, um, how the, the home was separated. And uh, so everything stems from that. That is the core of humanity, is family. Literally, we all come from one, whether you like them or not, no matter, <laughs> we all come from that. It's the same with the planet. And so we all come from that. The only way we can take care of it is if we actually understand that we come from it and that to take care of it is to take care of ourselves. And the more I take care of myself, the more I can be a value to other people. And the more I actually see them as parts of the whole and I want them to do well. Mm -hmm. I want them to thrive because their thriving means my thriving. Mm -hmm. And so if we understand that, then a lot of things that we're worried about and seeing people as um, being afraid of people, being afraid of people's bodies, being afraid of people's choices, that would melt away if you start to see them as connectedness, uh, as, as if I'm hurting them, I am hurting myself because these are the people I have to rely on. And so the same would extend to the planet. Mm -hmm. I rely on this planet just as I rely on my fellow humans, whether I like it or not. I live and breathe and eat and sleep because this planet revolves, evolves constantly for me to be able to um, enjoy the fruits, literally, of its labor. And we're doing that with each other as well. No human can do this alone without another human. So if we start that in our families, then hopefully we start to see that in the way our children interact with their friends and then the type of people that they will then have relationships with and form families with. So it starts in the home. Yeah. Mm. I love, I love Everything that you just said, you know, I was just thinking about how even even as adults, you know, if we feel like we're not necessarily connected to our blood family, there are families around us. There are people that can be our inner core. And I was just thinking about how, 
you know, it's so much harder to your point once we're already adults and it helps so much to start with the kids. But even as much as we can just like start today and say, okay, I'm going to cultivate as much awareness as I possibly can about how interconnected I am with every single person and every single tree and every single animal and every single blade of grass around me, it, it definitely does change the way that you, you think and you act, right? When you're focused on how interconnected it all is, whether it's from thinking outside or thinking selfishly about the way it comes back to you, right? You know, like, um, absolutely, absolutely. And I love that you, um, make that a big focus with children. And you touched on this a tiny bit, but it takes time. And so I was curious, like, what, what do you do to make time in your life? And what kind of tips do you have for people who are struggling to find the time to really spend with that core unit, you know, of people in their life, especially children, because, you know, it's so busy with kids running around, um, how to make that time to do that? Uh, That's a good question. Um, I would say, I would kind of put it with a question, which is what is it you are wanting in the, in the end, or what is the outcome you want with your family? Uh, And then you get to work back from that. Because if you know what you really want to create, what is that feeling that you want to achieve with your family? Then you can take a look and do an assessment in your life and say, is, is, is this getting me there? Are the things that I'm doing going to get me there? And it's a, it's a hard, honest question you have to ask yourself. What do I want? And am I actually doing the things right now that will lead to that? If everything, if you're already there, then you've already put the time in, right? So if you answer that question, yeah, I know that's where I I can see that everything I'm doing is going to get me there. Uh, And what is it that I am wanting? What kind of relationship do I want with my child in the future? Do I want to be able to see them? Do I want them to see me as someone that they would invite to lunch just like they do with their friends? Would they invite me on vacation with them, just the two of us, like they would do with their girlfriends or their guy friends, like I do? Well, in order for that to happen, the things have to be put in place now that when they leave the home, they don't just see you as, um, you know, either an authority or a caretaker or someone that did their part and now they're off because they didn't read that relationship wasn't formed in the beginning. So it's a question. And then from there, it becomes less about how much time, but how you spend the time. So it's not about filling the time because everyone knows when you're not being authentic and you're just not in the mood. So don't schedule it in like, and now it's family bonding time. (laughs) Three, two, one, go, bomb. No, you, you, but you do need to be conscious about how you schedule your time. Are you overloading yourself? Does your child really need those three and four and five activities after school and on the weekend? Is that really going to be a part of your family plan if they're spending so much of their time outside of the home, especially because most people's children are going to school and then after school programs and then weekend programs. And then you've got to pencil yourself in to be with your own child. So maybe you 
start with what we started doing because listen, we live, we are a homeschooling family, and we were like, wait a minute, where what is happening here? So we we needed to start a family meeting, which we started on Sundays. That's the day that works for us, probably works for both people. And just the check-in of like, hey, what's going on for this month? And we kind of are doing it forward thinking of the next month, what what are we all working on so that we can see where everyone might need support? Just, oh, you're going to be, what are you reading now? My daughters love reading. I can't even keep up with the books that they're reading because they just, they're like, they're like their candy. So what are you reading now? Tell me about it. Oh yeah. So just, just a general check-in and that we had to, we had to implement. So there is some things where you have to say, okay, it's going to happen here. But when you get there, turn the phone off, leave everything outside. Do not start scheduling things in there and then going, oh, well, I normally have my family meeting, but just this once. Because once you start that, then it's also showing your child that this is not that important. So then they're not going to show up fully in themselves because they don't think that you really, you're just penciling them in. So you set that side, that time aside and it is gold for you. No one gets in. It is like your bunker and you have to stick to it. And in the beginning, especially if this is something you haven't been doing, you might find some resistance. If suddenly, let's say you go the family meeting route or you go the, the family movie night where you guys just pick a movie and you know you make some popcorn and you make sure it's a good family-friendly movie or whatever it is. In the beginning, there might be some resistance. Maybe not to movie night and popcorn, but, <laughs> but maybe the family meeting. What family meeting? But you, but but also be allow yourself to be vulnerable. Let your children know what's going on. They deserve it, and it also teaches them how to express themselves at their level without feeling like they have to perform. So that means an adult has to be willing to do that. Hey, you know what? I'm, I'm realizing this is not the family. This is not going in a direction that I wanted. I've just kind of been doing the things. I'm taking care of you. You're healthy. I'm happy. But there's, I want more of a relationship with you. And this might sound weird, but I think this is the way we need to do it. Can you, can you be willing to try this out? And be honest and transparent with them. They appreciate that. When, even when you have to make changes, they can tell when you are giving them the real truth and not the one that is the cover story that makes you look like a hero. Don't do that. <laughs> Just be truthful about what you're feeling. But of course, explain it to them in a way that you would want them to, um, to understand and empathize with you. They mm-hmm. look up to us. They are actually always rooting for us. But we are really hard on ourselves as parents because we feel like we're in this, this position that we have to get it right and look a certain way and make sure that they understand that we're the parent and we're da da and oh gosh. They, they just want a human in front of them who can be honest. So that might have been a long way, but that, that's, that's what, um, you know, it's not an easy answer, but it does start with what. Is it that I want out of my family? Am I on my way there? What can I actually start to change now so that when I give my time, I give my time, mm-hmm. half hour, an hour, whatever it is, but that I'm fully present. That's the major one. It's interesting, I think, how far being honest and vulnerable with them can go, isn't it? You know, it's, it's um, I feel like, 
it's and, and, and as a parent, it's like, geez, you know, who knows? It's like you're navigating it day by day, you know, figuring yeah. it out. Right. But I know, at least for me, I do connect so much better with them when I'm just honest about you guys like I'm exhausted and I don't know how to fix this, but I really want to fix it. And like, you know, and then they'll show up and they'll join me in trying to problem solve and figure it out. And um, I love the idea of a family meeting. We're going to give that a go here and see, see if that could work. Um, because it's yeah, it's, yeah, it's worth, it's it worth is a every try. Other week. It is, it, it, you know, if once a week is too much, every other week, once a month, just don't go to three months. And, you know, don't make it quarterly. It's not a business. <laughs> <laughs> every fiscal quarter, we're going to right. check in. <laughs> right? So, you know, you got to pick either once a week or twice a month. But beyond that, um, you know, now they're going to forget. Because you want to create consistency. The goal is whatever you're doing. It's just like with the eating, right? With the, You were saying your son's a picky eater. Um, and I actually changed that. I'm going to just touch on that real quick. It's just a lot in our language and how we see things. And of course, as a mother, and I am a mother, I have two daughters. And for sure, there is this, I want to make sure that they're healthy. I want to make sure that they're well. Uh, so that can come with urgency, for sure. It's like, I think you should be eating this, but you're saying no right now. But right now. So it's a lot in the language. So if you could just change the word picky with preferential, a lot opens up. Because we are prefer. Actually, no one is a picky eater. They are preferential eaters. It's just at different stages of their lives, they're preferring things that we may not want them to prefer. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. But we know what we prefer, and that is okay. And that's what we continue to put, to offer them. Okay. So I don't do the mini meals. What do you want? I'm not a short order cook. I am a chef, <laughs> but I'm not a short order cook. But I have taught my children how to cook. And I also provide the ingredients that are in the house. So they have a full range that they can choose from of almost anything is a crew. I mean, sometimes my daughter was like, well, can I bake cookies? I'm like, okay, don't push it. <laughs> well, you said if I can cook, I can cook with, yeah, okay. Right. We don't have cookies for breakfast. There are some boundaries <laughs> and boundaries are good because we're teaching them how to treat themselves. Mm -hmm. But they're preferential eaters, but they can make those banana, they're light cookies and they're made mm -hmm. with banana and coconut uh, flour and they make those with some blueberries in the morning and they are eating a cookie as far as they're concerned. But I could, but I know that all those ingredients in there are great for them. They don't care about that, by the way. <laughs> like, uh -huh. whatever, they're good. just cookie. <laughs> they're yeah. they're shaped like a cookie. They went in the oven. It's a cookie. Okay. So that's how they're doing that. And same with the pancakes. We're using rice flour and bananas and some coconut milk. They're like, I don't care what you call it. It's a pancake. Awesome. <laughs> And so a lot of what we're doing is just a re um, coming back to the language that we're using. Using picky eater already sounds negative and it sounds ugh, draining and a nuisance. And it is, by the way, when, when you want your child to eat something that you think they should have, but they're saying no. But if we use a preference, then we start to say, well, why are they preferring this over that? Mm -hmm. And is there some space in between that I can now give them the flavors because mostly it's flavor or texture that they're, that they're preferring with ingredients that I like. And it might take some tries. Don't give up because we cannot give up. It's their help, mm -hmm. but we might have to stop trying to do it the way we want to do it because it's just the way we know, or it's easy. And what's the big deal? Those <laughs> just eat it. It's good for you. <laughs> right. 
They don't know what that means. It's good for you. So, well, if it's good for me, why does it taste as good as a lollipop? So that's not going to work. But but if you change it to preference, then now, ah, they're preferring. So why are they preferring this? It's always questions that um, gets us to the answers. We can't start with wanting the answer first. We have to ask questions. My child's a picky eater. Huh. Well, why are they picking these foods? Because that's really what we're saying. But when we say picky eater, that has a different a different um, association than the foods they're picking, you know? Yes. So, so yeah, so that, that might be helpful for some parents. Maybe, uh-huh. maybe. And if, if um, try that out and then you start going into, oh, well, why are they preferring this? What exactly is it? Maybe it's a texture thing. Maybe it's a, a flavor profile. Maybe the combination is too many things on their plate. Maybe the portions are too large. It, there's a lot of things, but first you have to look at your child. So I can't give you a do this, do that, because mm-hmm. this is, goes back to that core of you learning your child and paying attention to what they are preferring and putting it all together in this holistic system so that you can start to uh, tweak it a bit and still get what you want and what they want. It's possible, but it just takes a little bit of um, time in recalibrating. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so don't give up. <laughs> You know, that's, that's really, really good. And I'm glad that you shared that because, um, you know, I was thinking something as simple as I could probably just start keeping a piece of paper in the kitchen and writing down when there are things that he likes and things that he enjoys. And, you know, a lot of times I feel like he's eating the same thing over and over again, but to your point, like there's so many fruits in the world. There's so many vegetables. There's so many nuts. There's so many things that I can bring in that we can like keep track of what is he really like and then start to look at how those can come together in a different way. I think that's a simple, you know, simple way to at least start to try to <laughs> get at exactly. it. Exactly. In the plant yeah. world, endless, endless. I'm, I mean, I'm here in Bali. Obviously, it's a whole different set of food than where you're at. It's endless and uh, it's just keep trying. It's not a one and done, just like what we do in the rest of our adult life. You know, when you're at a job, you don't just go, oh, that's not working. I'm out of here. No. (laughs) Right. The things that we know, I got to figure this out because I got a deadline and it's not good enough that I, I don't know. You have to treat it the same way you treat the other things that you want to work in your life. You have to get the same presence and the same I have to do this. And so I need to start turning on more of my brain and more of my wisdom to figure this out because I know that there is a solution. I'm just looking at it from the problem side. So how can I turn that around and start going, hmm, let me look in, let me, like children, be a scientist about this and get curious about what's going on. And it's your home, so you're going to be there anyway. So yeah, write it down or make a mental note, have a conversation Ask them why they like the certain foods. They might go, I don't know, maybe, but you keep, is it the taste? Is it, do you like, is it the sweetness? Just casually, don't drill them, you know, don't don't make it an inquisition. (laughs) Casually ask these questions. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) that's awesome um yeah no that that I feel like that is great and you know as I was listening to you talk I was remembering that these are some of the things that you talked about that made me just so attracted to what you do from the first time that I heard you speak and you know I I'd love to wrap up with you telling us a little bit about 
Tiny Green Chef, just telling us a bit about, you know, quickly, like how it works, what it is, and how people can find it. Great. So plant, so Tiny Green Chef is a fully plant-based program. Uh, you don't have to be vegan to, to eat the vegetables inside, but that's what you're going to find. All whole plant-based foods, no pastas, no gluten, no uh, peanuts, uh, very little soy, basically just in the form of soy sauce. So all the ingredients are really um, clean and things that you can find at your supermarket, mostly in the produce aisle. We're going to be using beans and rice and things like that, but most of it is going to be right in that fresh area because you want to get your child used to becoming becoming friends with the produce aisle. <laughs> <laughs> because that's their future. <laughs> we I, hope so. Yes. Well, right. We hope, right? That's where their health is going to be. It's right in that 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 beautiful section, no matter how big or small. And so it's twenty lessons, but in each lesson we're breaking it down. So we half of the lesson or a portion of the lesson are kitchen science experiments, where we're going to take an ingredient that we're going to be cooking with later on and kind of dissect it a bit and uh, do either a kitchen science experiment with it or, um, well, always a kitchen science experiment with it, but it depends on whether it's a quick one or maybe it's something that they'll observe over a few days. Only a few of those because we want to make sure that they could get that quick fix in of seeing how it works quickly and then cooking with the ingredient to gain a more well-rounded idea of how to use it. And it becomes a little bit more personable the more they handle these different foods. And so there are 20 of them. Um, and then in the, and each module is based on a specific um, thrust. So the first module is really about taste, texture, and type. It's just getting them familiar with how to swap out flavors, that, um, how, to, how to swap out different ingredients to get the type of texture and the taste. Because along the way, the entire program, we're not just teaching them what to cook. A big part of it is foundational skills so that they can see ingredients and start to have a better relationship of how they can use them to suit their needs. So each module is showing them how to do that from a different way. The first module is keeping it very basic and talking about most meals are built on taste, texture, and type. So we're showing them, oh, you like crunch in the form of normally if you want corn chips, it's really that you want the crunchiness. They don't have much flavor. So what can we use instead that gives you that crunch? while you're going to make salsas or, or guacamoles or things like that. And then the module two, it's all about showing them how to create meals using templates. And each one, of course, there will be a recipe, but we're showing them how we put this recipe together so that if they don't like the tomato, we'll swap it out. If you want this, swap it out. Here's the categories that we, how we came up with building this rice bowl or salad bowl or smoothie bowl. And now you go ahead, if, you don't, if you're not a fan of blueberries, swap them out for a raspberries, whatever you like. But now you know how to build the smoothie bowl. You know how to build. It's all about that foundational skill so that they don't wonder, like many adults are like, I got this eggplant. What am I supposed to do with this? Mm. I've never cooked it. Well, that mostly has to do with just trying to understand what is this vegetable or technically it's a fruit, but anyway. But um, and how do I use it now in the tiny green chef? Of course, they would look at an eggplant differently after they've done it. They're not thinking it's only one way I have to use it because that's the only way I know. Mm -hmm. So that's what we're really teaching them so that they can grow up to become 
um, not just discerning about what they're eating, but also willing to continue to experiment with their needs using good ingredients because they can see that they taste great and they learn how to use them and manipulate them in the way that um, creates the flavors they're looking for. And we start, every meal is from scratch. So we're not cooking with anything packaged. Uh, and so they are seeing it, but they're, but they're quite attainable, uh, accessible for them to be able to cook and uh, do these things <clears throat> apart from rice that is coming in a package and your beans, things like that. Um, but yeah, so that is the key to the program is teaching them the foundation skills, the how-to, and also how to shape their meals to their own preferences. Mm. It's mm -hmm. really key so that they can then go off and cook without using recipes, or if they use a recipe, they'll know how to tweak it and not feel so confined to what they see in front of them and know that they have a right, just like with our world, to create it the way that mm. it suits their needs, but still using great and wholesome ingredients. That is a more holistic approach than... Here's what you cook now. You've got your repertoire of 10 good things. You can stop there. We want them to keep exploring. We want them to see themselves as a part of this, um, this great big world in that they have a right to create old things to their liking uh, with a deeper understanding of why they're doing it. You know, it's, I was thinking like, it's like you're creating little chefs. And then I was like, well, yeah, it is. It's tiny green chefs. That's exactly it. That's exactly it. Yes. You know, it, it really is because it's really teaching them how to go out, find the flavor mix that they like, find the texture mix they like, and to know how to do it themselves. And I mean, I can't imagine, um, gosh, I feel like in a lot of ways, I can't imagine a better gift to give your children, you know, as they grow up into adults to be able to have that skill just already in their blood, in their lifestyle so that they don't struggle with it then, you know as an adult trying to figure out how to eat healthy and yeah. Yeah. Find what works for them. And I forgot to say how you can find us is a website. It's tinygreenchef.com. Easy. Perfect. And, uh, you can sign up there. Um, and we also have an Instagram page of the same name, tiny green chef. And we have lots of, we can have recipes and all sorts of goodies on there. You can see my kids cooking. And, yeah. So, uh, and Facebook, same tiny green chef. I wondered if everything that you've shared, if you could wrap it easily up into one simple thing that you think people could do right now to help animals in the environment, the first step of anything, one simple thing. Well, that's easy. Eat more plants. <laughs> it's just that simple. Swap it out. Um, yeah, that's it. Swap out a meal and, uh, that is for sure going to make a big difference. The less people eat meat, the, the more, or eat animals, really, if we start mm -hmm. using the, the language, mm -hmm. uh, which is what we normally say, that you're eating an animal, so that you can uh, really see and connect with what is on your plate is an mm -hmm. actual or was a living being. Mm -hmm. And if you swap that out uh and and, and see how much you can have enjoyment i'm healthy my children are healthy we're still alive it works uh so there's lots of information out there you can always contact someone like me or someone like you i'm sure if you're wanting to transition but yes eat more plants eat less animals How great is that? Eat more plants, 
eat less animal. (laughs) I love it. So thanks so much for listening today. If you enjoyed it, please tell a friend or leave us a review. You can tell your friends to go to fouranimalsforearth.com slash podcast, and they'll be able to click to listen to the show on any major streaming platform or just listen to it right there within the blog post. You could also leave us a review if you're up for it. Thank you. Thank you for even considering doing that. You can do that at fouranimalsforearth.com slash apple. So today's notes, uh, show notes with there is so much there you guys a link to the tiny green chef class so that you can sign up a link to the podcasting webinar that I mentioned at the beginning Azizi's contact info a list of simple ideas that came out of today's episode a video of our interviews you can go behind the scenes with me and see our interview you can find all of that at fouranimalsforearth.com slash podcast slash 54 so thanks so much for hanging out today I can't tell you how much it means to me to have you here listening to the show and and to just get to connect with you. I honestly just feel so much love and support every single time I release one of these shows and I couldn't do it without you. So thank you so, so much. All right. I will see you next week. Bye. Actually, there's one more thing to tell you about. I completely forgot. We had a guest question during the live interview, and it was such a good question about how to take the first steps to transition our children over to plant-based eating. And Azizi answered that in such a beautiful way. So that is actually in the video. If you all want to go listen to that at the end of the video, you can find it in the show notes again at fouranimalsforearth.com slash podcast slash 54. Once you click on the video, you can just scroll towards the end if you want to hear her answer for that. It was really great. All right. Thanks. See you next week. Bye.